windows, lock your doors, keep your loved ones near, time is running out, it's here for Welcome to Ear for Fear. This is Donovan. Hey, and I'm Rick. And this is the podcast where we talk about scary movies or movies trying to be scary. <laughs> Today, we're going to be uh, chatting about uh, 1990s Tremors. Uh, before we dive into this thing, uh, let's do a real, real quick synopsis. Uh, natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them off one by one. Donovan, you recommended this movie. I did. You've seen this before, though. Uh, yeah, a couple times, few, once, once at least. Twice. Yeah, you 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 liked it enough to to remember it and recommend it. Well, I remember liking this movie back in the day, and then Red Letter Media um, did like an episode like a year or two ago. I was like, oh yeah, I want to watch that again. I remember liking that movie, and then just a year or two passed, and I haven't seen it. And yeah. this is a good opportunity to watch it again. So I watched it again with you and for the podcast and yeah, I, uh, I remember liking it and nothing's changed. I still like it. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. Um, I can't believe this thing is 30 years old. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is nearly as old as you. Mm -hmm. So I mean either. Yeah, dude, that's just crazy to, to think that this movie, I remember when this came out, I think I saw it in the theater. I've seen it a million times since then. It's always on TV, and when it's on TV, I watch it because I enjoy it. It's just a fun. It's a fun movie, you know. It's right up my alley because it it has some some good, you know, like horror stuff going on with it. You know, really creatures, and then it's 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 got a lot of humor. It it's campy. It's got like that kind of B feel, but not a true B feel. Like you know, like say the Blob that we talked about that has probably more of a B feel than I would say this one. Yeah, this is definitely in the vein of like a Jaws um horror movies as in it's like it's a, it's a um, i was gonna say it's trying to be but it feels like a blockbuster horror movie and horror is like in a in quotes because i think when the movie really starts to get going it's not a horror movie anymore in fact i think there's like a good argument to be made that this isn't a horror movie um but let's just ignore that fact so we can talk about it on this podcast yeah um so, so like all those things you said, they don't wrap up in your typical horror movie, um, but it, it does kind of pop up into your like Jaws type movie where you've got uh, like this overwhelming threats. You need to figure out how to deal with it. And then, uh, you know, you have all these other scenes in the movie that are sort of um, describing the threats, making the threats seem threatful. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say, I, I even if mean. my words aren't all there. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, uh, you establish the characters, the setting, 
and then you set up things that'll help us solve the problem specifically with the monster and that's all really really cool now a typical horror movie is just going to try to freak you out the entire time but this movie doesn't really do that this movie doesn't try to scare you at every opportunity it's actually taking a lot of these scenes that would normally be super scary in other movies and they turn them into like these fun little things instead you know like when the our heroes first see the monster well okay let's just go into spoiler territory here yeah um spoilers from here on out yeah the first time they experience the monster uh like the actual monster like they get away kind of scot-free and they even like accidentally kill it (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like um they don't like most horror movies this would be the opportunity for the older guy to probably either get maimed or just die but and that's another cool thing that happens in this movie like after like the first five or six deaths, everyone at the town basically lives. As soon as the, the plan starts to go, everyone doesn't die. No one dies. No, I was I was thinking about that as I was, you know, preparing for this episode. I was writing down all the character names, uh, you know, some of the actors that I didn't know their names. I mean, a lot of them I do. Um, but I was writing down all their character names down, going, Okay, yeah, you know, she died and he died and he died. But then I'm like, yeah, really after that, I'll, yeah, everyone else survives, you know? Yeah. And that's where this, I think a big part of why I like this movie so much is the fact that there is a threat. There's a problem that needs to be solved and it makes the rest of the movie like a puzzle, you know, with new variables thrown in. So when this new th- variable is thrown in after we figured out the one before it, how do we then solve this new puzzle? And I think I'm really into that when it comes into media. I'm super into like movies and TV shows where a character has to be smart in order to figure out how to get uh, above their problem. And this is why I like people of Breaking Bad, even if they don't like necessarily know it. Um, And that's a big part of this movie, especially in like the last like hour or so. Basically, when the the monsters all sort of come to the town, and even a little bit before when they get stranded on those rocks. Yeah, it's like how do we not die and how do we beat the monster when we can't touch the ground when the whole ground is just lava and that's that's the bulk of this movie and that's in seeing their solutions and then watching them figure it out is a lot of fun for me and a part of why i like this movie so much um yeah there we go go, man it's a good movie check it out it is a very good movie it's um it kind of hits on all of the I don't know all the elements, uh, at least in my opinion of a, of a, um, successful, enjoyable, you know, entertaining movie slash horror movie, you know? Yeah. Like you say, I mean, it's classified as a horror comedy, you know? So, um, you know, but for the purpose of this podcast, you know, it's a horror movie to us and, and we're going to talk about it, but it's, it's a very good movie, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, we, we have some, um, we have some great, these creatures and i think they they kept trying to figure out a name what they're going to call these things i think they settled on graboids to me they just look like humongous like what worms kind of i mean oh dude they're sandworms like sandworms right like we were talking about this like um you know some of these movies like dune or beetlejuice and, and i think we were coming up with some other ones that have like similar you know, creatures or sandworms, you know, um, I forget what other ones we had, we were talking about, but we got Dune, Beetlejuice. I mean, hell, couldn't we argue? Well, I don't know if Star Wars, I'm not, I'm not a, and I don't know enough yeah, about Star Wars to I say think, that there's something like that in Star Wars. Uh, dude. Uh, okay. I don't know either, but I'm pretty sure that's like, like an ant lion. 
which is like a very common thing you see in like video games and it's like this giant like sand monster but it's a little bit different but like the idea is kind of the same where you've got like this thing that can only like be in the sand or underground or whatever except i think this one kind of like funnels you in it's not the same let's just say it's not the same yeah it's not the same yeah but i mean yeah this is basically a humongous worm you know sandworm uh you know it it uh you know it takes some of them a little bit to figure out it's they're under the ground you know they're like where is this this thing where is this creature i mean you know and and what's really cool about that is the very first time we see one of these things is actually just its tongue yeah it's just a really small little thing and it has like its own mouth it doesn't have eyes or anything but it has its own mouth so you're like okay so these are just like giant snake like things in the ground we can probably take them on. There's probably a lot of them, but if we get like one good shot, they're dead. Yeah. You know, so not, not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, did you, did you, maybe this was just me, but did these creatures not, not seem to you like maybe they were, they were similar. Like when they were building these things, they said, Hey, let's take a, a well, let's take the features of a well, like, you know, the, the head of the well and, and some of the things that a well does. And they mimicked this because the the like the head of this thing you know like yeah you're talking about this mouth and it has all these kind of almost like tongues or extensions almost like tentacles you know like say an octopus would have or something and they're coming out of the mouth but the the head of it looked like a well and then when it moved it almost shot up dirt you know like a well would in water that's what i don't know if they i don't know if that was it was that was the, what they had in mind when they did this thing that's like oh you know we got to make this humongous creature underground but let's Let's mimic it after, say, a whale or something like that. That's what I reminded me rewatching this again. I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled from a different, like a lot of different things. Um, I know now that we're talking about it, this reminds me of like a bot fly larva. And if you don't know what those are, a bot fly will like lay its eggs or whatever on you. I don't know. It doesn't. That's not important. Yeah. Basically, a bot, a bot fly larva gets on like your flesh and then it burrows into you and then it slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the way it moves is it also has like these little teeth like things oh. on its body. And that's how it like moves. And it like kind of like in your skin, it grabs your flesh and then oh. pushes or pulls. And that's how it moves within, you know, your meat. Yeah. And then it's eating you the entire time. That's nasty. So, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Because that's how they're moving through the through the uh, through the, the ground is through exactly, these, these yeah. little. Yeah. These little whatever they have you know and that's so smart like just to describe to us like how this thing moves is really cool and even it's like face is shaped like a uh, like the tip of a train car or something or it's got that like triangle shape so it can like like cut through the dirt burrow through yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's all like really well and then it has those tongues so it can grab prey above the ground yeah you know it's all like really really cool I will say they're like super huge though, dude. Like you think they would be like collapsing things left and right or creating these tunnels all over the place. Things are enormous. I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, it comes back to the the whole well analogy. It's like, it's like it, cause wells are humongous. I don't know if these things are the size of a well, but they're huge. I mean, the the one scene where, uh, you know, uh, Val, you know, played by Kevin Bacon is, um, after they've, they they've kind of out, I don't know kill, killed the first one you know not really unintentionally, but then they they kind of he kind of digs through the dirt to find the 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 talent of this thing and it's I don't know man thirty feet 
Yeah, it's at least 20 feet, dude. I think like it's that thing enormous. Is, yeah, really large. And that scene's also really cool because I figure out, oh, it's it's blind too. Yeah. Like it doesn't have any eyes, right? Just just it 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 um it recognizes, you know, uh seismic activity, right? You know, um yeah, it, noise. It, it can it can feel vibrations. Vibrations, yeah, you know. Um but yeah, I mean the whole the whole premise of this, you know, if you were to sit there and explain to someone if never they've never seen tremors, you would you would say, yeah, it's these, you know, this small town and these things underground. And, you know, you're trying to explain this to them and it sounds kind of cheesy and, it, and it's cheesy in a sense, but it's executed really well. You know, everything about it is done is done. It, it, it's a very good movie. You know? I have so much I have, I have so much love for like these strange ideas, like because this movie is definitely based on like that childhood game of lava. Like it has to be, it just, it just can't not be right. Don't touch the ground. If you do, you're dead. Yeah. Um, we've all played that game. I think I, yeah. mean, I remember playing it when you were just a little youngster and like community does this too. And I think that's where I'm drawing, oh, drawing yeah. a little bit of this love from is when you take like a silly idea or like an idea that a lot of people have played around with before and you just expand on it in your own little way. And you get something really cool out of it. And that's what happened in Tremors. Don't touch the ground because they're monsters. If you do, you're, you're going to be eaten. Yeah. And that's such a cool idea. And they do a really good job with everything. They have, you know, a whole lot of setup in, in the beginning of the movie, particularly with like the girl on the pogo stick. Oh, right? um, Mindy. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, kid, and she's yeah. not only she on a pogo stick, but she also is always listening to music with headphones. Right. And then you've got like the Pepsi refrigerator machine thing. Yes. You know, yes. That, we know broken. these things are going to come into play at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the the two like the couple that is like preparing for like World War Three, some sort of nuclear fallout. Oh yeah, Bert and Heather. So you know yeah. they're stocked up on a bunch of things. You know we know our handymen have access to like a bunch of vehicles and they know the lay of the land really well. They know everybody. Yeah. You know the small little town. You got the asshole the- kid who's always crying wolf. You know like yeah. all. Yeah. All this stuff to set up uh, conflicts and things that need to be solved again later on in the movie as they navigate around these monsters. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know me. I'm a sucker for all this stuff. I know. This movie is doing all of it. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This might even be like one of the few movies that like made me subconsciously like realize, oh, yeah, this is what I like in movies or TV or, you know, any sort of media. Yeah. Is, you know, problems that need to be solved in like these impossible situations. And that's this movie to a T. That's why I like this movie so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it establishes identity early on and then it just, it just follows it throughout the movie. And so it, it doesn't get away from it. And I know you're, you love stuff like this, you know? Yeah. Sometimes see, I can get away. See, because I'm, um, I, I have, I don't know. Tolerance is probably not the word. Um, because I've seen so many of these types of movies, I can let some things go. Um, I know, you know, you're, I'm not going to say a stickler. I don't think that's the right word, but I know you like, you like certain elements in a movie and, and, and you like them to follow it and you like to you know check off all these boxes. And if it does, if it does all of these things, then, then most of the time you enjoy the movie. You may not, you may think, you know, like the actual um, idea itself, maybe just, uh, okay, whatever. You might roll your eyes to it, but if it's done all of these things and it does them well, and it and it knows its identity and sticks to its identity, then you know that you have a a, a very I don't know appreciation for the movie itself. Yeah, you can spoil it up as just like good writing, 
when you, you know, like a, a, a well-written movie is just rewritten like a thousand times because, you know, that first draft, you got like your, the bulk of your idea, but then you figure out you got things later on in the script or early on in the script that you can add or take away to make everything and do like this cohesive whole where everything sort of connects together. And when you're watching like a TV show like Avatar, where they're like setting up things like in the very first episode that are paid off later on, or like even this comic I'm reading right now called One Piece. Everyone who knows One Piece knows One Piece, but like you don't. I've never heard of it. Right, exactly. It's a Japanese comic. But this, the guy who writes it has set up things like literally in the first few chapters. And he's been writing this since like 1997 that he pays off hundreds of chapters down the line, which you know, like 50 chapters a year, roughly. So he's setting up things that he won't resolve or even touch upon again, multiple years down the line. So like, it's just good writing. And then it makes your whole world feel more believable. Yeah. When you do stuff like that, because it makes it feel like it's being lived in when no one is looking at it or reading about it. So that this movie does that too. We've got a character who gets stranded up on like an electrical Thank you. Right. Oh, is Edgar? Is that Edgar? Yeah, yeah. Edgar with the Winchester. And like he he that's our first sort of introduction to the monsters. Right. And this is so, so great because we get to see just how terrifying these things are when we see a guy get stranded up there who died of dehydration. So he's out there for a few days. Yeah. So we know that whatever he was running away from he couldn't handle right like if he went down he's probably dead so they're terrifying it's like a a threat you can't escape from we also know that uh they were probably sitting there the entire time so they're like they're like humans or wolves or something when they get their prey they're just going to stay there until you know that it comes down yeah um so they're they're know that we know that they're now tenacious and really smart you know and we get all that in like this one short little scene and it also creates like this mystery of what it could be because it's it, it needs to check all those boxes, right? Exactly. So like, ugh, what yeah. the hell, dude? And then we'll and then we slowly get a little bit more as these monsters actually like eat people. I think at first it's like actually, what do we see first? I think we actually see someone die right before we see anything else happen. That one guy with like the animals gets sucked down in the ground. Is that the first death we actually no, see? No, I think the first death is uh well <clears throat> the first okay, so I mean Edgar would be the first person who dies. Yeah, but he's not getting eaten. He's not getting eaten. Yes. Uh old I think it's old Fred or old farm Fred or whatever they call him. The one on the farm. Right. You know, old Fred or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the first death we see. And then we also hear about like in the general store cattle's like going missing yeah, or whatever. I think Miguel's talking to someone about it, you know. Right. So we know that these things are underground and that they eat by grabbing people on the surface, pulling them under. Yeah. And we see that with Fred. Because you could simply chalk this up because, I mean, th- th- this town perfection is out in the middle of nowhere in the state of Nevada. Yeah. It's like in a valley between like mountains. Or yeah. I think they whatever. keep saying, I, they keep making a reference to Bixby. I, you know, I, I'm not that super familiar with Nevada. I, I mean, maybe there is a town in, in Nevada called Bixby. Um, I think that's the name they keep referring to. Um, and, uh, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it just, it cracks me up that the name of this town is perfection. And I think the population on the sign said 14 people, you know, it's just, yeah. So, I mean, and the the way they paint this town, it's, 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 it's really, 
it's really uh, brilliant the way they, they they paint this 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 small isolated town. You know, um, it's it's we know it's not. Of course, it's not a perfect town. It's it's it looks like some just you know blip on the radar. You know, um, trailers, uh, a little general store. Um, I, I don't know how he, the hell he stays in business when there's 13 other people in town. I, I was actually I curious about that. Like, how does the economy of this work? So, like, I imagine a lot of that money stays within the city, except for the general store, like, importing items. Yeah. So, I, I'm wondering, like, how does that town stay afloat without any new money coming in? I, You know what I mean? Oh, but then that one lady sells pottery. So, maybe she makes a Nancy. good buck from that. Yeah, Nancy. Nancy, yeah. She has the daughter, Mindy, on the pogo stick. Right. There's not a lot of characters here. They're, like I said, I think the town consists of 14 people. I don't know if that includes Edgar, who who we know you know dies on the, the, the electrical tower or whatever, telephone tower or whatever that is. I think it's electrical tower. Fred, who has – like these, these are guys that have like residences outside of town. Like, you know, when Val and Earl, played by Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, are just – you know, they've talked about leaving this town because they think they, you know, they'll go to, uh, you know, Bixby and, and, and things will be better for them. And so, you know, they're, they're, what, what are they? The, they're the, they're essentially the kind of jack of all trades, right? Just to make ends meet, they do everything in town. We see them picking up trash. We see them emptying a septic tank, um, all these little things, you know? Um, so yeah, it's funny because I, I don't think they think they're doing like good work, but I think they're actually responsible for keeping every little thing in this town yeah. repaired and basically keeping the entire town afloat. <laughs> right. Like yeah. if they were gone, I actually think perfection would be way worse. <laughs> right. If that's even possible. Yeah. yeah well, t- it's a small town, Dad. It's not a bad town. <laughs> no, it's not a horrible town. It just it just cracks me up the name Perfection, and you know, and yeah, like, it looks it's said established nineteen o two, and it looks like nothing was added to it since nineteen o two. You know yeah. what I mean? It kind of reminded me of well, no, I was gonna say it kind of reminded me of the you know in the movie Cars, you know when when the when they uh they had all this, these big ideas of this little town. And then what happened is they built the freeway and then everyone forgot about the town, you know, and I don't think this is the case. I, I'm sure they, they, they intended on this becoming some big, you know, um, no dude, this no? is like, this is like a cul-de-sac in a valley with like nothing around it. So do you think that so this I, is, this is supposed to be like pure isolation. I think if this per- town perfection was established, it was to get away from like literally uh, everything. And for no one to 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 come in or through. Well, you know I, mean, I mean, they they succeeded in that aspect because, like the uh, the World War Three peeps, like that the married couple, they like say like, yeah. yeah, we came down here because of all this, or was it the doctor? I don't know. But yeah. the, like some characters said, like, yeah, dude, like we came down here to get away from everything. Yeah, I forget who said that. I wasn't sure if it was Bert and Heather or it was the. Uh, I think it was Jim and Megan was the doc and his wife. I. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. He's a doctor. So did, was he a doctor? They call him doc. Was he a doctor in a bigger city? And then he retired him and his wife and they moved there. Maybe, maybe that's what happened because they were building that home. So maybe they just, they got tired of the hustle and bustle of a big town of this, maybe this Bixby. Yeah. I can tell you that if I wanted to get away from stuff, I wouldn't go into the desert. (laughs) You know, I would go into like actual nature with a lot of green in it. 
I, I would do the same thing. This is just like dirt and sand and rocks. And... I, I lived in Nevada, and and granted, where I lived in Nevada, um, was more populated. But yeah, it's it's I, I it was very depressing. I hated it there. Um, there's nothing about it that I enjoyed. I just know. couldn't stand the heat. I too. love see. I love greenery. I love trees. I love grass. I love all that stuff. And if I don't have any of that, yeah, that would suck. You know, so, um, so, um, let's kind of maybe, I mean, I don't know, we kind of already established, you know, you know, uh, the, 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 the plot of this movie, um, you know, we, we know that the, our, our heroes kind of our heroes are, are Val and Earl, um, you know, they have a, uh, an interesting, I'm not gonna say interesting relationship, but you know, they're, you know, these guys are, you know, tight knit, you know, uh, Earl's a little older, you know, uh, you know, Val makes references to that, you know, throughout the movie of, you know, him being a little older and stuff, but they have like kind of this brother relationship, you know, um, you know, they're, they're, they have bigger aspirations. They, they've talked about getting out of perfection and, and when they finally do, then all hell breaks loose, you know? It's almost like this. I th- I think even Earl says like there's a higher, there's like some some what does he say? There's like a higher being that's preventing us from leaving this town. You know, um, yeah, a good call because <laughs> it kind of sucks for them, but they're responsible for saving the day. They are, you know. So we know, so we know, you know, the the, the really the first the first uh, time we where it kind of introduces what we talked about is Edgar is they find uh, they're driving out of town. They find Edgar on you know on this this electric, I don't know, this electric tower, uh, you know, he's dead. Um, they take him back into town. Um, they, I, I think they're starting to leave again. And then they come across, you know, Fred's farm, um, where you got all the dead, all the dead sheep, you know, we, I think we'd seen the scene earlier where, um, you know, Fred gets, uh, taken down into the ground by one of these creatures. And then his, his, his sheep are all, you know, basically uh eaten up um so you know these weird things are happening and val and earl are you know they're trying to they're trying to figure out what's going on and they're they're you know they're going back to town it seems like every time they try to leave town now they're coming back to town and to try to leave they come back you know um they come across uh um they come across a, a couple uh workers outside of town um i don't know looks like they're doing some sort of uh I don't know, jackhammering, you know, I, I don't know what they're doing. It seems out to be out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what they're working on, but, uh, you know, they let them know that something's going on. We, we then see them, you know, uh, they meet their demise, you know, uh, the, one of them's jackhammering into the, the, uh, the, the pavement and hits one of these things. Um, and then gets, you know, dragged off, uh, up, up the mountain, um, which is a, you know, which is a, a very, uh, you know, cool scene. Yeah, and this is cool because in the same scene, the, those those rocks come down from the cliff, and that's now blocking their path to Bixby. Yes. And well, that's the only road out of town. Yes. So now they're trapped. Yeah, and that's cool. I like that. Yeah, like yeah. you've got a scene doing multiple things, uh, giving us a you know further introduction to how terrifying these guys, these monsters are, killing presumably the only couple outsiders in town, and then blocking their way out, like. It's all very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so um they're I think they're back in town now. Um look, they, they can't get out of town. Um I at some point uh they realize this when they try to drive off once again uh to get help because you know the townsfolk uh 
have have basically volunteered them every you know each and every time to go take care of something which makes sense because again we've talked about this they're they're like the the jack of all trades they're the handyman they well they're know. also like the most qualified people to do it and True. there's also like the fact that they were going to go out of town anyway so yeah. that's why they were leaving that first time like yeah notify the police when you're in bixby now they can't get a bixby okay now we okay so we we need horses now so to 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 to, to travel stuff so who's the best on horses yeah the the, the handyman cowboys yeah so they you know yeah they're just always a perfect person's people for the job because they're just good man they've done all this stuff before and they've done like everything yeah i mean and to- all these other people have like specialized jobs where okay i handle the, the general store i make pottery i know how to shoot a gun that's it these guys can do everything yeah what, what was that's up why they're like the perfect protagonist yeah what was up what was up with um I never noticed this before, but Melvin, this annoying kid, I don't know, he's 15, 16 years old. Where, where was his parents? We're never introduced, you know, to them at all. I mean, he's not out there living by himself. So I don't know, maybe they just, they never talked about it. It just seemed weird to me. Like everyone else was accounted for except for Melvin. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, it's just something I had, I had, I had caught on to when when we were watching this again yeah um, i'm not sure maybe there's like a wiki on him yeah that explains I, I, i've that. seen that after. but it's like it's not like in the movie no not at all i mean he's just kind of a kind of a punk kid you know he like we, like i was saying last night he's kind of like the, the like the boy who cried wolf you know he does it so many times and then and then when finally something's going to happen to him they don't they just kind of ah, whatever well you expect him to be like the first one to die in town and he is like with the first one attacked in town when like all the monsters start convening on the town. Yeah. But he lives. He does. Yeah. And in a lot of these movies, like we, we talked about in the past, they don't like they they normally don't kill off kids. I don't know if there's like some sort of like set. No, dude, you're wrong on this one. No? They, I there uh, I see more kids dying and stuff than I expect to, for sure. In these older horror movies? Every horror movie, dude. Re- like okay, but I can't when give you s- examples off the top of my but dome, when you but, s- but but when you say kid, I to me a kid would be say I don't know sixteen or under. When you start getting seventeen or older, then it's like okay, it's free game, especially like in slasher movies. But but like younger kids, they don't normally kill them off. I mean, you know, I mean they didn't. The the movie we watched like a week or two ago, The Blob. No, Albert. Well, yeah, and Alberatos. Oh, Alberatos. Yeah, sorry. Alvarados. You I mean was terrified. Ter- yeah, yeah, thank a- you. A- All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, that's, you, we see a kid yeah, get ran over by a bus, bro. Yeah. And dude, true, but I mean, to me, I'm I meant more so. To me, that was like an accident. Like I, you know, we could argue that was the kid wasn't paying attention, got hit by a bus because he went on the street. I'm talking about like actual killers, you know, uh, or or creatures killing the kids normally they they don't do that i disagree okay. i just can't think of any movies off the top of my head <laughs> they did do it in the blob when we were talking about the blob yeah i was surprised by that but um not, it's not it's not that common is what i'll say i think it's not that 17 common. or it, older is free game man they do it all the time especially in the early 80s you know the slasher. reason we see it more often uh in adults is because adults are usually the ones in the movies not a lot of kids in horror movies usually. Yeah, kids. Yeah, I mean older, you know, college kids. Yeah, they have a lot of those. But um, but anyways, um, so 
So yeah, so now uh, Val and Earl on are on horseback because we know they can't get out of town. No one else can do it. They've been volunteered to do it. Okay, so so they go they go do their thing. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, this is where they uh, this is where they come across uh, the doc and his wife. You know, we're introduced to them earlier on because they're building that house, um, and. Uh, and I, I, I think I, I think Val and Earl had had brought them. Uh, I don't know if it was I think it was Edgar and he established it, that he was uh, dehydrated. But we get this we get this, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed this scene where um, they're, you know, they're wrapping up for the evening. They're tired. They have a generator. All of a sudden, the the, the lights go out uh, inside of their um I don't know, their mobile home or whatever, you know, while, you know, it's there while they're building this house. And then and then we get this the generator's gone scene. And then we get, uh, you know, the, the doc, which is uh Jim gets sucked into the ground. And of course, you know, the wife panics, she runs to the car and, uh, I think a radio kicks on. So, you know, so of course, you know, these creatures are going to gravitate towards her, which they do. They basically, you know, uh, create some sort of, uh, I don't know, a hole, uh, around the car, the car sinks in, but we, you know, we we just assume she she dies, and then we get while um, Earl and Valor are heading out on horseback. You know, they come across this this plot of land where they're at, and and yeah, you know, it just seems strange to them. Oh, well, they, maybe they just they just kind of you know the car's gone. Maybe they just went into town. You know, um, but but yeah, they they hear the noise, and you know the car's buried. You know, the car's buried in the ground. You know, so they get the front of the car. Um, you know, so, and they, you know, of course this freaks them out and they're hauling ass trying to, trying to go get help, you know? Uh, but this is when the, 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 the horses get spooked by these creatures. And now they're, instead of, you know, one of the horses, I think gets away, uh, the other horse, um, gets, uh, basically eaten up by these graboids, these creatures. Um, and they're hauling ass, man. They've run out of ammunition. Uh, I think they're, they're running towards some sort of like, I don't know what you call this thing. It's like some sort of, uh, uh, it's like a, um, where water would go through. Um, it's like a, would you call it a ditch? Like a, almost like a cemented ditch. I'm sure there's another name for I'm it. I'm sure there's a name for it too. I know there's another it name. It reminds me of like a man-made creek or a ravine yeah, or something. And, and I, I know there's a name for it, but yeah, they, they, they haul ass, you know, cause they've run out of bullets and, and they, they jump and, and this, uh, this, this graboid, this creature that's after them, you know, uh, it is booking. So I don't know how fast it's going, but it hits the concrete, you know, and, and dies, you know, so they've, they, they, they're thinking, you know, they're thinking, um, that they've, they've, they've beaten this thing kind of, um, not, not knowing that there's what three other ones. You know, because the Rhonda, uh, who's the what's her, what is her? She's like some sort of scientist, seismol. I don't know what how you pronounce. She's it. a college student. College? Oh, she's a college student. Okay, I thought that she was. Okay, I didn't know she was a college student. I thought maybe she was like a, she was like some sort of scientist. So maybe. Yeah, I thought she was like working on her master's or PhD or something. Oh, okay. and that's what she's. Yeah, there. she's like a, what is it like a seismol seismic activity? I don't know. You know, um, but anyways, you know, she she uh, uh she she um. 
talks to them about, hey, have you did you guys did you guys notice any you know any any sort of spike in 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 uh, you know uh, se- seismic or what is it called seismic activity? I don't know. Se- I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the proper the proper terminology is for this. You know. Um, and she sees, of course, they see this humongous creature. It's now dead. And, uh, so, so she starts looking at her, um, her printouts, you know, of this, this machine and, and has, has basically conveyed to them, Hey, there's three, uh, three more of these things out here. So, uh, so they start, uh, I think they start hauling ass, but then they get, they get, uh, you know, attacked by one of these creatures, right? Um, this is where they end up stranded on the rocks. Let's let's go back just a little bit. So they yeah. they run away. Uh, this monster careens straight into that cement wall at like I don't know thirty plus miles an hour. Kills itself essentially. Um, so that's that's one way to kill these things is to uh, lure them into a bad situation. In this case, just a hard wall. But, you know, maybe something else can be used and hence later on in the yeah. movie. Right. Yeah. So this is I, I really like this because not only does it kill the monster, but it also provides a way for uh, our heroes to kill, kill them. Right. Yeah. Uh, lure them into things that they can't see because, you know, all they can only sense vibrations in the ground. So, you know, really, really smart. And I again. I like it when scenes do multiple things and yeah. I, you, you get that here, but S- yeah, some, so some foreshadowing that, that, you know, um, our student scientist notices that the machine is on the Fritz again. And that's because there's another one coming straight at them. So they go to a bunch of rocks where it can't get them. And then they're just kind of stranded there for a day before they realize, Oh yeah, we've got sticks here. We can just pull vote pull yeah. bolts yeah. across yeah. the rocks to my truck, which is right by a rock. Yeah. Or, you know, like a giant huge boulder. And then, you know, we can we get can, out of here and go yeah. back to town. Yeah. So yeah, and this is where the problem solving starts to kick in and where like this movie starts to be more like an out thinking, outwitting puzzle movie. Yeah. You know, and this is where the movie starts to be like a whole lot of fun. What I what I what I do like is as the movie as the movie progresses, you know, at first you got, you know, Val and Earl. I mean, I don't know if they're like the smartest guys. I mean, of course they're not. They're they're working in this tiny little hold up. I'm going to stop you right there. But hold on. No, let me stop you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Not the smartest guys. We're talking about a bunch of guys or two guys who go through a bunch of jobs you know, coming up with their own solutions on how to fix things. I think okay. they're some of the most creative okay. guys in this town when it comes sure, to solving but a problem. Okay, but there's a difference between being creative and being smart. I, I, I okay, so they are definitely yes, they're 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 street smart. They're um, creative. They're not book smart. And I guess and there are times where I think it's it's brought up during the movie where, you know, um, yeah, again, they're not the brightest. But as the movie goes on. We start seeing them, um, you know, figuring stuff out, you know, um, we start, you know, there, there, there are um, problem solving these things, you know, um, and, and so that's what I liked about it. it, it, and, it and, you know, and, and, and we'll talk about it more towards the end of the movie, um, which is what I'm, which, which is what I'm um, referring to. Um, but, but anyway, so, so they get back into town um, 
They you know, barely manage to escape from one of these things. Barely, barely. Yeah. It grabs onto the, you know. Um, and we, at this point, we know that these things can just grab a whole car and bury it underground. Yes. Right. Yes. These things. Yes. So, uh, yeah, even being on a truck isn't like you're not guaranteed safety. No. You, you, you know that you can, you can, if you're driving the truck and you stay moving, you're going to be okay. But as soon as you stop, you know, we've seen this several times, several times throughout the movie. They start digging around you, you know, so you can't you can't stay put for long. You know, you got to keep moving. Um, so so, you know, they, they get back into town. They explain, you know, of course, they kind of give them the lowdown on this thing. Um, you know, they're trying to come up with a plan. Um, but then the, they the, these these creatures, these graboids make it make their way into town. Um, you know, everyone in town is there except for um, Bert and Heather, which are the. You know, they're the, they're the ones with all the, you know, all the ammunition and guns and, you know, bunkers and all, and all these things. They've established that they are big in all this stuff. Can, I mean, they talk about cannons earlier or later on in the movie. Um, they are big into, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, like surviving, uh, yeah, like, yeah, kind of surviving, and like, like, yeah, like surviving in like a post-apocalyptic yes, world, almost. Yeah, you know, like they're. I don't know what you yeah. call those, but it's like the same. Like, who's the guy who's in Roxanne? Um, John in, Goodman, John, like John Goodman's character in that one movie. Oh, Roseanne. Roseanne? Yeah. Oh, never yeah, Roxanne, it was a movie with Steve Martin. That's why you threw me off. Yeah, my oh, bad. Roseanne, yeah, John Goodman. My brain yeah. works very weird where I it's know okay. like 90% of something, but not the entire thing. <laughs> so that's funny. why this always happens. Yeah, John so, Goodman. Like, so John Goodman, um, that, what's that, like a uh, Cloverfield movie? Oh, yeah, I never saw it. Um, okay, but it's basically, yeah. it's like, they're like one of those guys. Yeah. Where yeah. they're just like prepared for like the worst possible situation. Yeah. So they've got like food that'll last them five years if like yes. uh, atomic winter ever happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like some sort of, yeah. Like they got, they got like, uh, you know, some, some bunker or some like bomb shelter you know, something should go crazy. And just like an insane amount of guns. But at that point, I think it's more like they just like guns. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I think so. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, artillery is, I think, the word I was uh, referring to. They um, could seriously arm like an entire militia with the amount of guns they have. Yes. It was crazy. It was crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know. The, yeah, oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I kind of like about that scene is like they had to like shoot that thing. Like, like for like a solid minute and throw like some elephant rounds into that guy. Dude, seriously. And dude, like, that's, that's a lot of work, dude. It's a lot of work. So yeah, yeah. these things are tough. Tough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the thing didn't even die until they, until he busted out that elephant gun and and threw a couple, yeah, threw a Mm -hmm. couple rounds into that sucker. But we know that we know they're attacking the town. So they're all, they're all, you know, Essentially, they are getting up on tops of roofs, um, you know, of their homes, uh, sheds, you know, whatever they can get up on top of that is, I don't know, eight to whatever, 15 feet above the ground. Stay away from these things. And they're trying to figure out what they can do. Um, And, you know, we have some we have some very, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, very, you know, kind of cool scenes happening here in the town. Um, you know, we have all these little things. We got the, the pogo stick comes back into play. You know, we got, uh, um, 
we got uh, 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 a scene where they are trying to figure out how are we are going to distract these creatures so we can make a break for it. You know, at least at least one of us can because they're they're trying to figure out okay, well, you know what, you know these things are these things are huge. They're strong. Um, they're smart, and you know so they come up with this idea of this. I don't know what what is this humongous tractor kind of almost like a almost like a tank. You know. Um, that, you know, it, it's, it's strong enough that it can, it can carry like a, um, you know, almost like a, uh, uh, um, not a tractor, but, um, it's, it's, uh, like, you know, when you're pulling something from behind a trailer, like a trailer, thank you, Jesus. I can't even think this morning. It's yeah. still, still early. I see um, these all the time on yeah, the freeway. These trailers, you know, this humongous trailer. And <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Val, uh, Val and Earl, you know, do their whole, this is what I liked about it too. Their whole rock, paper, scissors throughout this movie. Which yeah. Is, and you mentioned like, uh, Kevin Bacon's character keeps choosing paper. I thought that was going to be the whole bit. I did. Was too. he just always chooses paper. Then at the end yeah. where it was important, he doesn't choose paper. I wish yeah. they had done that. Now that I'm what we're talking about I, I kind of did too. Because then like it throw him for a loop, you know, like, okay, now I won. Yeah. I wish they did that. That would have been so sweet. Yeah. But yeah, like it doesn't matter because. He just like punches him and says, fuck you, old man. Yeah. And just runs. I like that. I mean, I like it too. I like all that character building stuff, especially with Bacon's character. He's not going to let his old, his old friend take the risk when he's younger and more spry and he'll has a greater chance of success. Yeah. You know? So I I really love all of that. And there, and like I was saying earlier, there's just a good, there's just this, 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 um, relationship between the two is just it's it's really good man it's like, i mean it's it and not to mention it we're talking about two really good actors kevin bacon's a good actor fred ward you know he's been in a lot of stuff and people people forget about him man i mean he he's in one of my favorite 80 movie uh 80s movies that people forget about which is called remo williams no one ever talks about remo williams and he's the star of it and it's this and he's like this action hero and it's such a kick-ass movie and and he carries that movie and and he just seems to get forgotten about he's been in a lot of stuff over the years but you know him and him and kevin bacon really steal this movie you know um and they're just great together you know it's just like this this you know the way they build this relationship and they've been they probably been 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 uh friends for a long time you know doing these odd jobs for a long time and and this this kind of interaction between the two the joking and the you know stuff like that i i just you know it's 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 done really well you know um, but so, um, you know, we have a couple other things. We have Kevin Bacon who saves the little girl cause you know, she's on her pogo stick and, and, you know, uh, we have, uh, nest, uh, I think it's Nestor. Is that his name? Nestor? I don't know what he does. You know, he gets, he gets knocked off of his roof and then, um, so yeah. So that scene is establishing that they're figuring out how to get these people yeah. off, you know, the, the structures they're on. And that's by like destroying the supports. And 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 in Nestor's case, they were huge just on a mobile home, so that was just easily tipped over. That was easy, yeah. Yeah, and so got him. He's dead. Oh, we forgot to talk about um uh, uh Walter or Mister Chang. You know, he's the one who owns a general store. I don't. Yeah, I think that has happened already. Yeah, huh? it, it did. So because... yeah, we were we established that the like the the soda machine, like the refrigerator, like makes noise. And at this point, they're like, oh yeah, noise bad. And then that kicks on, so they like try to hurry and like. I'll turn it off it. yeah unplug it and then but unfortunately they were too late yeah uh, he, a graboid he, comes in through the ground and they grip mr chang yeah and i love see i love him he's 
he again another actor that I, I I would call a character actor. He he was in so many movies, especially in the eighties, um, and uh, played by Victor Wong. And in one of my you know my of course one of my all time favorite John Carpenter movies, which is Big Trouble in China. Yeah, I remember he plays Egg Chen. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, dude, of course, are, yeah, yeah, like this guy's like his face and mannerisms, mannerisms are like ingrained in my yeah in my brain. He's like I'll never. Yeah. He's like a guy I'll never ever forget. Yeah, he's just think, so yeah. like like iconic to me. He, he is man, and I mean, I've only seen him in a few movies. Yeah, oh, he's just so memorable. I mean, yeah. I think he was in another. Uh, I think he was in Prince of Darkness, which is another John Carpenter movie. But he was in a ton of movies uh, in the eighties. Especially in the '80s, I don't know when he passed away. Um, I know, I know he's now dead, but I know he did some stuff in the '90s as well. But just one of those guys, you go, okay, you know, you've seen him in so many things, you know, over the years. But yeah, I, so so he gets he gets eaten up by one of the graboids. But but now we have you know uh, 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 Bert and Heather, who are the you know the the, uh, the 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 husband and a wife, you know, with the artillery and. And uh, they, I don't know where they were at. I, I, I guess they were out scoping to find out if they could find any anything that would be causing the, the deaths of some of these things, you know, because by this time, they don't really know what's happening. They kind of do, but not really. And so so they get back home, um, you know, uh, the wife played by uh, Reba McIntyre. Did you know Reba McIntyre is a, um, I, I know this, but uh, the, you know, she's a country singer. And no. so when the when, so when, honestly, like everyone in this movie looks like a country singer. Yeah. I mean, no, but she's a, she's a, she's a, a country singer. And what's her name? Reba McIntyre. And she had her own television show. Gosh, somewhere in the nineties or two thousands. I think it was probably called Reba or something like that. But, um, oh yeah. 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 And Reba. Yeah. Reba. Yeah, I thought you were saying Reva. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, Reva McIntyre. This is like something I would always see at Grandma's, you know? Yeah, and um, Bert, who's played by Michael Gross, um, I, you never watched the television show. I know it's way before your time, but Family Ties with Michael J. Fox. I'm he was, familiar with the he show. He was the but, dad. Yeah. He was the dad. And so, see, you know, seeing him in Family Ties and then seeing him in this, it was, it was kind of strange for me at first, you know, because the characters are so vastly different, you know? But uh, anyways, they get home, you know, uh, uh, Heather uh, sees that everyone is, is strange because she sees everyone's on the roof. And and so um, this is where you get the this is where we get the um, uh, they're trying to explain to them via like, well, I, I don't know, what is this? Not a walkie talkie. This is like a, a CD radio, like CD, is it CD radio or something? I don't know. Bro, I don't know. Yeah, they're using know. frequencies that you would use yeah. for a walkie talkie. So they're trying to explain to them what's happening. It's they're having a hard time hearing. Uh, of course, they're down in their little basement and, you know, one of the graboids is coming towards them. They're trying to explain to them. And, and, and you know, and Bert's character's like, I can't see him. He's like, dude, you know, Val's like, dude, it's under the ground, man. And so this is where we get the scene where it comes through the wall and they're, yeah, man, they're just, they are, they are, you know, throwing everything at them except for the, you know, what is it? The, the kitchen sink, man. And they finally kill it with the elephant gun. Like we, we, we chatted about earlier. Um, and, and so like, this is a good moment to talk about like the special effects. Cause the special effects in this movie are like yeah. really, really good. They're basically all practical. But there's like one, there's one quick shot where it's just like a really, really bad green screen with like, like yes. the husband in like the foreground and then like some like comically out of proportion, like worm or whatever. Yeah. It looks really, really weird. I don't know why they did it. I think did they it. did that on purpose. 
I think that was on purpose. You think it was like, an, like an homage? Yes. To like, yes. I don't know, man. Like, like the blob did it. The blob, you know, when we were talking about the, the, the blob from 88, you know, their practical effects was phenomenal, but there was a couple of parts where it was almost like they were, it was paying, paying like, you know, like you were saying, you know, homage to like the, uh, the older B movies, you know, it was, I think it was that's so what they out of place for the me though. Like it everything was. in this movie, like so good. And I they think, even have yeah. like, like like shots with the worm and them in the same shot and yes. like like that looks fine so what what's going on with that I weird think, green yeah. screen shot i think this was intentional i mean i really do the fact that it's so baffling like gives credence to that yeah. because it is really weird because everything but, else because all the other effects all these practical effects or these animatronics or whatever they i mean they were great yeah. Everything like they they easily like they hold up like a hundred absolutely hold up. I mean, like I'm rewatching this, knowing this is thirty years old. Going okay, it's gonna look like thirty years. No, it like looks they, like they they're somehow able to make it move while it's like attacking the horse or whatever, and the horse is yes. always like moving and everything too. Like I, yeah, was, it's it's crazy how they did yeah, that. That was a I don't know how shot. they did that. I don't know either. I don't know because I was thinking about this going nowadays. Could you really do that with a horse? Because you got all these you know animal activists would say no, you can't do that. But I mean, in most of these movies or all these movies, they don't harm these animals. And so, of course, I'm sure that horse wasn't harmed, um, but it looks so damn good. You know, it's it's wrapped around it and it's and it's, you know, starting to yeah. eat away at it. I feel I thought I did feel bad for the horse because it didn't look like it was very comfortable. No, it, it didn't. And to your point, like, could things be done that way these days? Like there was a movie made a few years back where like they threw dogs in like terrible situations i don't remember the name of the movie if i did i don't know if i'd want to even it wasn't say a, it. it wasn't a horror movie no it was like an actual i think it was like a kid's movie and that oh. shit happens all the time in kids movies apparently oh. where they just mistreat animals oh yeah like okay. they threw a dog in like like a body of like a rushing like a like a body of rushing water oh yeah and the dog has no say in that so the dog like nearly drowns it's it's like yeah a lot of animal deaths happen in movies it's a, it's honestly kind of crazy because i know in some in a lot of movies you know towards the end they'll put you know no animals were hurt in the making of this movie or something like that you know um no this one i mean definitely was a real horse this didn't look like a, a fake horse to me the, everything about this the, them coming out of the ground their their tongues or tentacles or extensions or whatever the hell those are inside of them looked good the, the the you know the motion of them the grabbing onto stuff the you know i loved when it when it did sink its teeth into something it had like almost like a saliva or goo to it you know um which you would almost think yeah i could totally see that in this this underground creature you know it, it was all believable you know and so you know that one scene, man, I, I, I wish we could look, we could find something on that because it seemed to me like, yeah, it was just an ode to, to an old movie, you know, cause the idea of this movie is a very B idea, right? I mean, you know, so them paying, you know, with every other, with every other scene being, you know, uh, practical, this, this animatronics. And then that, that one scene, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe it was, maybe the, the actual way he was standing was a no to something you know i wish we would have looked that up but yeah it was it was very glaring when i was when we were watching this last night you right know? um anyway that, that couple kills it yeah so now well, there's two down so now there's two left and so they you know uh val, val makes it to the this this bull i don't know this 
style tank bulldozer thingy and and picks everybody up in town that's left. Um, and they start heading off to the rock because they're thinking, OK, we're, we're going to, you know, if we get to the rock, we're safe. Then one of us or two of us will go for help. You know, we'll go to Bixby that we keep hearing about. And um, these things are getting smarter, though, as 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 the movie goes on, they're getting smarter and they're figuring stuff out. And so so they basically what do they do? They dig, dig, a, you know, they dig some sort of like trench or hole and they don't catch it until last minute. And this and this uh, this thing, you know, tips over and and, uh, you know, they're basically stranded now. And so the only option is to make it towards the rock, right? Right. And so these things are getting smarter, and that's that's awesome. I love like these little creatures learning things as, because uh, like it's like this game of cat and mouse, right? Or what? Or it's like a seesaw where the humans get an advantage over like some trick that they figured out to outwit them. And like, oh yeah, let's wise up to that, and now let's do this. So they get this giant cat bulldozer that they can't pull under the ground. So they know the general direction uh, they're going with the bulldozer. So they dig a giant trench and they make the uh, bulldozer out of commission, right? Yes. That's so cool. I love that. Um, it, it just makes them even scarier, these these little sandworm creatures. Um, yeah. And so it strands them. They barely make it onto like another round of boulder, uh, boulders. Yeah. And they're trapped. So now the monsters, all they have to do is wait until... They die, in which case I guess there's, there's no meal, or they get panicky and they try to get off the rock and then eat them there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's been established that the, uh, the 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 couple the oh Bert and Heather Bert and Heather have made homemade bombs. I think they've already used them at this point to sort of distract them. They right? have, yeah. And and we know these graboids, these creatures. They they hate. They hate noise. It's because scares well, them. It's so loud, right? Like, they don't hate noise. They actually like noise. They just okay. this thing's so freaking loud. Yes, that it, it it messes them up. Okay, so they hate loud noise. They hate <laughs> they hate super super loud super noise. Super duper sure. explosion noise. And it's an yeah. explosion, so obviously it's going to mess them up. So you know they have these bombs that they were using for that purpose. Well, what if we can somehow trick them into eating a bomb? So they do that successfully the first time. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, like they're it's like they're fishing. Almost out there like fishing, you know. Right. Uh, but the fourth one, the last one, Stumpy. They call him Stumpy, right? Because Remember? that's yeah. the one that grabbed their truck and yeah. they pulled the tongue off. Yeah, Stumpy. So yeah. this one wises up to that and actually spits the bomb right back at them. <laughs> it's a great shot because it destroys every other bomb they have. And now they, uh, Kevin Bacon just has one in his possession that yes. he he, had, he was holding on to. Yeah, that's the only thing they got. That's it. And him, him, Earl and Rhonda are now away from the rocks and they're quite a distance away from the rocks. They're right. not, they're not making it back to the boulders. And they had to go there to escape the, the bombs. So, you know, we've seen in the past that if they're not moving or making any noise, then, you know, that the, the graboids don't necessarily know where they are. So they can only like feel around for them. Um, so they're, they're, as long as they don't move, they're safe for a bit. And this is where, Kevin Bacon's like, well, what do we, well, everyone is like, what do we do now? 
And everyone is saying, just throw the bomb somewhere, distract it, and then get back on the rock. Okay, but then what do we do? Yeah, we're, we're all going to die. And Kevin Bacon's like, screw this little creature thing. It's yeah. not going to outwit me. Yeah. And then we're he, smarter than this. And I love what a movie doesn't like do like, oh, let's go back and do a flashback thing. We already know that yes. their first instance of killing this thing is having it run into a cement wall. So, and they're by a cliff. So if they're able to sort of somehow make it so this thing is distracted enough going to the cliff, it's just going to like burst out through the cliff and fall to its death. How do we make that happen? Well, we've got a bomb. So if he can like disorient it at the right time to make it sure it doesn't know where it's heading into, they can kill it. And so Kevin Bacon's like, okay, guys, I got a shot and I'm not going to throw away my shot. Yeah. So this is what I was talking about earlier where he's, you know, he's figured these things out as the movie's gone along and he's, and I would argue he's gotten smarter as, you know, look, he's always been creative. They always been street smart, but now he's figuring stuff out. And this is what I love, you know? So, it's, you know, Kevin Bacon makes a run for it. They are. Yeah. And he runs straight to the cliff. They all, they all make a run for it. Yeah. yeah. Him, him Earl and, and Rhonda, because he needs to, he needs to uh, light this bomb, but he, but Rhonda has the lighter. So yes. <laughs> yes. And that was established earlier when they were lighting the, that first bomb. Yeah. Uh, trying to get stumpy that first time. And so, you know, they, they do it <laughs> and it's really cool. Um, and Thanks. this, this yeah. is like the scene that I remember when I was a kid, I was thinking, Oh man, that's so sweet. You know, uh, they're able to somehow get this monster, like to just jump to its death pretty much. Yeah. Cause they throw the, he throws the bomb basically behind him, knowing that when it goes off, it's going to create that super duper loud, you know, that loud explosion, scare the hell out of this graboid. And, and it's still going to be moving forward. And so there you go, you know, yep. and uh, yeah, another, another great scene. Again, I, I'm curious on how uh, they do some of these things. Cause yeah, it looks like it came right out of a side of a, of a cliff, you know, I, I usually get, when I see stuff like this, it's like, oh yeah, like two scale miniatures or whatever, yeah, like probably. one six scale or something weird like that. Still great when they do stuff like this though. You know, yeah. I just, I, I love, I love when, you know, when we get to see, especially practical effects like CGI. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We, we know how that's done, but when you have a practical effect like this and then it looks real and it's like, Oh man, you just, to me, I just get more enjoyment out of a scene like that. Well, when I know it's not CGI. I, I don't mind CGI at all. I like CGI quite a bit. It, it opens up a lot of doors and not only does it create a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunity for other talented people to, you know, flex their guns in that area. But I do like, especially like back in the day where you just had to like work something out, the creativity and finding a solution to that problem is obviously like awesome. Um, and there, there is always like this, this like spectacle in the practical effects because of, well, how did they do that? Like in yeah. camera? Yeah. Cause that's crazy. And that's why like something or, and there's also like this like tactile like if I could touch it, that's insane. That's why like the thing is so great. And that's a part of why this movie is so great when it comes to like these creatures, because, you know, you could touch them. Yeah. Like the, it just makes them seem more real. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, I don't ever want to discount CGI. CGI is great. CGI is per just fine. I, I, I don't hate CGI. I, I know I've, we've talked about what it I before. Think, the thing is you, you just like, you don't like bad CGI. Yes, I don't. 
And I that's don't. fine. No, yeah. I don't think anyone, even like CGA artists, don't like bad CGI. Yeah, especially they they just never seem to get blood right. And and I, I don't. Yeah. And you know what's funny is a corridor corridor crew, which is like a a a, a big group of people who make uh, content on YouTube. You know, they talk about that a lot. Um, talk specifically muzzle flash and 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 the way blood works when yeah. you're getting shot. Those things are really, really hard to do. And like most movies like do this wrong. Um, so that's why it always stands out because they're always doing it in a bad way. So yeah. it always sticks out. Couldn't because they- like if you're like talking about like squibs, people don't like squibs because they fucking hurt. Like it's like a literal explosion on your body. Yeah. And you're going to feel it on your body because it's like boom. Yeah. And it, you also have to time it right. So if you get the timing wrong, you're going to have to do it again. Yeah. So there's a lot of problems with just using like squibs like that. Um, so, you know, that's why you don't God. see it with like gunshots a lot. And if you're talking about like practical effect, you also have to clean that stuff up if you get it wrong too. True. And that's true. why like movies like John Wick use like uh, digital blood a lot. So they don't yeah. have to worry about any of that well, stuff. Well, you know, when, when, uh, when Morris and I, uh, last week's episode, we were talking about uh, Piranha 3D and, um, you know, the, the blood CGI was bad, but a lot of it was also underwater. And so I'm sure that that creates a whole nother problem, you know. So I was able, because of the type of movie that was, I, I, I look past it. Um, I think over time they'll get better with it. Um, you know what's funny when it comes to like these blood effects too? Like if you're talking about gunshot wounds in general, when you get shot, there's never like a like a big splatter of blood with like a, like a normal handgun or whatever. You're just getting shot and yeah. that's it. Like like there's not even like a lot of impact in getting shot. So when you get shot, like there's no like spectacle of blood or whatever. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm like a hundred. I'm like ninety percent sure. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done enough research so on that. I haven't watched like videos on it, so I don't know. But like, I mean, of it, course, when you when you bleed, it's because like blood's coming out of the wound. But there's yeah. not like. Yeah, I mean, of course they. Ex- so like, all of that is just exaggeration yeah. for effect because it I, looks cool and there's yeah. like an like a visual impact, so you know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely exaggerated. Yeah, I mean, they they do that all the time in these movies. You know, they have to. You know. Because I think some stuff, yeah, you know, if they don't, if they don't exaggerate, it's, it's really boring. It's and like, just, okay. It just to talk about it, just because it's like on my brain, when people get stabs, like they're usually okay for like a very long time. Like they usually don't die until like, like tens of minutes or dozens or maybe even hours later oh. because you, your body just needs to shut down either through bread loss or like organ failure. And you're like hurting the entire time. But even when you get stabbed, from what I understand, like you don't even really feel it for a while. Really? Is it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it depends on where you get stabbed. I'm sure there's different parts of your body. You know, if you sever some sort of artery, there's like, know. there's like a movie where there's like a pretty real realistic stabbing happens. And it's like a prison movie I haven't seen. And it you, you get like stabbed like 30 times and you're still like moving around and like fighting and all that. Oh, okay. So it takes a while for you to like bleed out or your organs are just shut down. So like when you get like, you see one person get stabbed, unless you're getting like stabbed in the heart or something. Yeah. Like the dude, they're able to like, continue functioning so don't like try to stab someone and kill them that way dude it's not gonna work out for you yeah well you know i mean like so like yeah like these movies just do a bunch of weird shit to make it seem you know yeah it's like a filmic language you've got yeah Uh, we talked about this before yeah no i know i mean and and like i said i i I do know i mean look cgi is great i'm not i'm not crapping on it um i just i just i wish they would fix certain things like i said you know i i think really it comes down to the blood for me fix that get that better then I'm sure it's fine. Then I'll be okay with it. 
But, you know, it's fine. It's like with anything. It's like over time, it just gets better, man. I mean, you know, when CGI first came out, I mean, and and to what they're doing now is just, it's just, oh my God, it's crazy. I mean, even when, like we talked about with video games, man, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I'm not a, you're a, you're a big gamer. I'm not, no, I'm not. I, 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 you're not a big gamer. No, not, not anymore. Okay. I, but, you know, I'm but playing you game. I mean, you do game and, and, and I don't do, so, I don't like that word. Okay, then <laughs> I, don't, I don't like using game as like a, as like a, a verb. I, I do play games. Okay. I'm playing Death Stranding right now. And that game's like, that game's like a year old at this point, and the the character models for the characters like like when in cutscenes anyway like amazing. And this is video games have like figured this out like many years ago, but technology just gets better and better. Like there was a point where you can just make a model look really really good, but if the lighting didn't work, then it doesn't look all that great. So like, and this has been common for years now. Um, like lighting solutions and character models are to a point where if they wanted to make it really good, they have to make sure that light going through like your ear or your nose looks a certain way because light interacts differently on skin. Yeah. Depending on how you're looking at it. So they have to account for that. And uh, movies have been doing this for a very long time in general. So if like something doesn't look weird, it's usually the lighting. Yeah. So I don't know what my point was, but no, that's okay. Well, yeah, but like games are doing that now. They can do that in real time. Well, my my point was, and I apologize for calling you a gamer. I don't know what I would call you. Do I just no? It's just like like it's just just so goofy. It's just such a goofy term. I play. I play. You don't watch me like a TV TV or or whatever. Yeah, but I when you were younger, you were you were definitely more into games. I played a lot of Halo. Yeah, yeah, but and now you play some. Okay, so so I guess my my point was when when I was a kid and I and I played you know video games versus what they are now, it's just I dude, it blows me away on how advanced they are. So my point was over time, this the CGI blood will get better because they'll figure out a way to make it better. The thing is, I think CGI blood is already at a good spot. It's just uh, usually giving time to the artist to make sure they can do what they need and also when it comes to digital effects like you have to plan for it when you're shooting so if you have like a lazy director then that's just not going to happen like like go back to like 2009 and look at scott pilgrim edgar wright was filming for all these digital effects in mind and that's why that movie looks so good yeah like 11 was 11 years ago wow that's crazy so as long as you plan for all this stuff and you give your artist time to uh work all that stuff in you're gonna have good blood effects that just never happens because they a lot of these movies they want to push out within like two yeah. years, so or, just... or less. They crank them out, man. Especially with the the horror movies, you know they they crank out. I mean, I would argue they crank out in a couple months, man, if less than that. You know, nowadays because you know horror movies that we've talked about in the past in in other episodes, you know, you can make them on a small budget and make a bunch of money with them. Um, and so they want to get them out as quickly as possible. Right. And, and so. look at like a blockbuster movie that came out a couple of years ago, uh, Black Panther. That movie had like like hundreds of millions of dollars thrown at it. And the CGI still looked really bad in particular scenes because the artists just didn't have the, the, the time that they needed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I get so, you. I get you. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. And it's yeah. not like movies look bad two years ago. No, hell, they hell no. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they definitely didn't. Yeah. Just give them, give them the time that they need, you know? So, um, so we know, yeah. So really, I mean, I think we've talked about everything. I mean, we know he, you know, Val at the end uh, gets the girl, right? Rhonda. Yeah. And this is where like, okay, that's a, that's a definitely like a Hollywood note. You know, like I wish he just asked her out. Like, why would you kiss this girl? 
it's just it's just really weird to me like i know they've gone through a lot that's i think that's exactly it. they've gone through a lot you but know that doesn't justify them like you know they, making out or whatever yeah i don't know if it was, it was just, a, i think i i, I it's just like okay you got the guy you got the girl they got a kiss at the end but like nothing's been like okay there's no like yeah. Uh, is it the the romantic buildup for me had not been built up properly, so the kiss seems weird and unearned. Whereas you know they have been a lot. There's an attraction there, so you ask her out. Yeah, you know, and she could have asked him out too. I don't know why she didn't. But again, but typical, I, uh, there typical is, there, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. To I me, I yeah, I, I, I would I, have been happier if like, hey, you want to go out sometime? Yeah, I agree. Let's let's right. go to yep. Bixby. Yep, there you go. I would have I would have agreed with that. But that's not what they want. They want to kiss at the end, you know. Um, which is fine, whatever. This they um they made several sequels to this. I don't even know how many sequels they made to this. I, I think they made a lot of sequels to this. Uh we're we only talk about those because we're only talking about uh, you know, the first movie. Um, but uh this one, you know, as a whole, uh this is a very good movie. You haven't seen it. Uh, shame on you. Go see it. <laughs> um, you would definitely recommend this, right? Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. I, how many sequels do you, can you tell? There's probably like uh, six or seven sequels two, to this thing. Three, five. I guess there's a fourth one in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Day in Hell. So that's six. So six. Island Fury, which came out this year. That's oh my s- God. Seven. So there's six sequels to this thing. Six sequels. And I then think... a, a television series titled Tremors, the series. Which I heard that was. In March through August 2003. 2003? Yeah. Well, there was supposed to be a newer television show that aired a year or two ago with Kevin Bacon, and I think it only had so many episodes, and then they canned it. Hmm. I thought, I and I, I don't know, I'm going to assume it was bad. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak on it. Um, But yeah, a lot of sequels. I think I may have seen this. Yeah, in 2017. Yeah, I think I saw well, there part was a, There two. was a pilot. Oh, okay. So then... Yeah, so um, I think I saw part two, and I thought yeah, that it was... sucks. This is such a cool idea. This needs like a reimagining. Let's let's bring it to the kids, make it so they can go see this in theaters when theaters eventually open back up, right? Because it's such a great idea. Yeah, you know, throw throw a Tom Holland in here in in one of these movies. Yeah, I that, could see that absolutely. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. Anyway, good Anyways, movie. Good movie. Check, check it, it out. out. Anything else you want to chat on? Talk mm-hmm. on? uh no i think we hit everything on this good movie uh it's uh you'll enjoy it go check it out if you haven't i think that's gonna do it for us today all right everyone take care thanks again for listening make sure you tell everyone about our ear for fear podcast don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at ear for fear you can also check out our website earforfear.com There you can keep up to date on news, events, and episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you come back and get an earful.